Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Done Playing by the Rules. I'm Jenna. And I'm Janelle. And today is a downer episode, but important. Bum, bum, bum. But bum, we've bum, been bum. asked about this. And I mm-hmm. feel like this topic, which we'll get into in a minute, is something that people do ask me about. And I'm always like, I don't know. So now I can be like, refer to episode. Yeah, this is something is. that I've been asked numerous times. And then Jenna and I were asking each other what we did in this time and both of us can't remember. So it was kind of good to like brush up. And then also I reflected a little bit on how I handled where the episode is about um, grief and explaining things to your children. But I reflected back on this time. And so it was actually good to reflect back and think about what I did wrong and what I can adjust because I realized uh-huh. that like, some of the stuff I'm even doing currently is probably not the right answer. So yeah. I'm excited to like tweak some things even now. Yes, definitely. So let's give it a little life update. What's been oh, going yeah. on with you? You guys are getting like more snow and we're over here in short sleeves. So it's really unfair and I really don't appreciate it. Yeah, we're getting where I just got my Alexa weather alert that we're under another snow warning for the next 30 uh, snow ice warning for another 36 hours. It's like 19 degrees up, but feels like three or something. And oh. We have like a community mailbox instead of mailboxes at our houses. Mama got a pair of Nikes dropped off last night. And so I had to go to the community mailbox to get them with no bra on today. And are you wearing them? Oh, oh no, but they're so cute. They're at guess what color they are? Not black. Dun, dun, dun. Are they navy? Nope. They're white with lime green and pink. Who no. am I, I swear to God, they're out in the garage getting – I scotch guarded them because Josh always makes me scotch guard my sneakers because I always spill a cup mm-hmm. of coffee on them the first day I wear them. I'm not believing till I see it, so. I will send you a picture. I've had a horrible time finding running shoes because running shoes either are so stiff in the bottom that I can't like feel my foot moving or mm-hmm. don't have enough padding. So I've actually been running and I sprint. I've been running in like cross-training shoes, which – I do too. The bottoms of my feet are starting to really hurt and my heels are starting to really hurt. And they're also like six years old. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it's time to properly like support my knees instead of just like, I might as well be barefoot. I'll send you these because they're actually on sale right now and they're super cute and they're bendy. I thought you were talking about like uh, fashion Nikes. I have too many fashion Nikes dressed that I can't have any more fashion Nikes for a while. <laughs> only only function. <laughs> Janelle is a shoe guru. And like if I see a pair of shoes, I will send her a picture and she will chances are know where they're from. Mm-hmm. And when I'm shopping for shoes, I'll ask her for advice. And she's wonderful. So if you ever need like not all shoes, but like tennis Sneakers. shoes. Yeah. Sneakers. We use and different combat boots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So she's your girl to go to for that. I know. I have a couple of girlfriends that I just send pictures. We just send each other shoe pictures and then don't talk for six months and then send each other shoe pictures and get like I like it. each other's new sneakers. I love it. So Jenna, anything new in your life? No. We're kind of starting to enjoy what's coming as spring. We've planned Aww. a few RV trips. <gasps> um, yeah, but that's about it. Okay. So now we're going to put on our more serious faces-ish. Put on serious hats. Which doesn't it's usually last. Time. It's time. <laughs> so our episode today is how to talk to kids about death, grief, all that goes along with it. Uh, we're no experts, but we do have plethora of experience. Um, Life experience experts. Mm-hmm. And I have experience as well as like from the viewpoint of I was a kid that dealt with death as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a girl in our school pass away. And that was like my first big experience with death. That's interesting because like, Mm -hmm. I feel like my first big experience was like my dad. I mean, my grandma, one of my grandmas died, but you're like, oh, you're a grandma and you're old and that happens. But like, that's something mentioned in here a lot. And like, we had a lot of pets die, which is mentioned in here a lot. And that's usually kids first entry. But there's, Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to hear about um, a kid because that'll be really helpful to people. And like some of the stuff I remember doing, I remember being ashamed of, which I'll get into more. 
and embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I was normal. Okay, I was cool. Always Ish. Normal, normal <laughs> as, we're, as we were as smaller versions of ourselves. Yes. And I think this episode is good because I even need it. So I first lost three family pets. Then it was my mom. Then it was our family pet, the one that lived in our house. Then my dad. And then my grandfather. And so my kids have a lot of experience, unfortunately, with death. And every time I feel like I start panicking, like, how? Do, what do I do? How do I talk to I'm them? What do I say? Opinion? It's um, a stumbly topic because it's kind of like every time they like have a new question about like sex and you're like, are you ready for this? Because right. you don't know. It's the same like quote unquote taboo of like yeah. America doesn't really talk or celebrate death. And right. We don't talk or celebrate sex. And so it's like when Zach asked me a question, I'm like, oh, that's outside of your realm, but like I should answer you. And so it's like it's just this weird balancing act of how old are you, how mature are you, and how ready are you for this, but you don't want to like give them bullshit answers either. And sex is like something I think that does come with development because you can't really describe like we've talked about like special feelings, but with death, it's an absence of somebody or something and it's something that they can somewhat understand. And so it's a, yeah, it's a tricky one. If you use the right word, I read a lot of these articles about people saying that people went to sleep forever Mm -hmm. and how it causes kids to be afraid of sleeping. So tip number one, don't say grant poppy went to sleep for a while because that is apparently the number one no, no. (laughs) Well, my first tip is be honest and direct. And they even say this in like hospital settings, like when doctors have to deliver the news that someone has passed, even with adults, don't say so-and-so is gone. So-and-so has passed. So-and-so went away. Kids are very literal. So we've been talking a lot about phrases that people say. This is just an example. And so like one of them was the lady who gives our horseback riding lessons. My son was telling her about a toy and she was like, oh my gosh, I would have died if I got that as a kid and Ezra's like what that like and he was like yes yes and so then and then we were talking about somebody else said oh that hit the nail on the head and he's like who hit what nail very literal so if you're like they're gone if you think about your child's life oh mommy's gone for the afternoon mommy comes back that's one and then two whenever mom leaves now they might get panicked because grandma hasn't ever come back. Yeah. And if yeah. you say they passed, that means you've left somewhere. And to them, this whole concept of death and heaven is very difficult. And same with like went away or sleep. And if you use some of those words, your kids could develop some fears of sleeping or someone leaves. We even That's dealt- a hard part too is not to interrupt you, but before no, you're good. is so no using euphemisms, but like when you're the griever, the adult griever, I couldn't say my dad's dead for like mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. And so I think Josh had a lot more of those conversations. Mm-hmm. We also said like Bumpo went to heaven, which was like as far as I could get and he's not coming back. But like, and then they start saying like, well, will you not come back? And you have to say like, I'll be here as long as I can, but you can't be like, no, I'm going to live forever. I know. because like, And that's also, conversations that's that my true. kids have often, I think because often. they have so much experience with yes. us. Yeah. And it's going to sound harsh, honestly, when you talk to mm-hmm. kids, only because we don't talk like that in our de- daily lives. Janelle, I don't think would call me and be like, my dad died. I mean, she might, yeah. but she'd probably be like, my dad's gone. It's a hard word to say for some reason because I guess probably because we don't use it a lot. It's uncomfortable. Even when it was happening, Josh said, they can't get him back. They can't get him back. He's gone. He never mm. – like he yeah. was speaking to me while it was happening and he never used the word. So I do try to use it a lot more now and I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. And I think it's interesting because I feel like when I do say my parents are dead or my parents died – it does sound a lot harsher and people are like taken aback. But when I'm like, my yeah. parents have already passed, people don't blink an eye as much at that. And it's just it really interesting. It's really weird, isn't so, it? You have to be direct with kids. And like Janelle said, like if you can't do it, have somebody else that can have your support system. I would fully trust Janelle to talk to my kids if I couldn't. But also with that, and I think sometimes this is an opportunity of privilege, is you don't have to talk to kids immediately. So when my mom died, I my daughter wasn't born, I was pregnant, I had to tell my son right away because he helped me take care of her. And that was a part of his everyday life. Mm-hmm. When my dad died, he lived in a different state. So 
I waited a few days. And when my papa, my grandfather died, I also waited a few days. It's not that I didn't want my kids to see me upset. I needed to mentally get to the point to where I could say it. And I needed to process what I was feeling. And so I think if you can do that, I think it's perfectly fine. I think some people won't agree with that. But if your kids see you like crying all the time, don't just be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But if you're going about your daily life and like with my grandfather, he was older. I knew what was going to happen. I got to say goodbye. And so I took a few days to kind of internalize that and process it and then talk to my kids. And we did the same thing because when my dad died, we it was the middle of the night and we decided to drive that night. We woke the kids up at 1 a.m. and put them in the car and they were up for most of the night and they were like, where, my oldest was like, where are we going? And I was like, mm-hmm. Bumpa's not doing well. So we're going to Minnesota because the logic there was, do we have a kid strapped in a car seat that I can't hug and console for 18 hours? Right. Or do we tell him Bumpa's not doing well for the drive and then when we get there say, oh, Bumpa died because mm-hmm. it just felt more humane to us to keep him in the dark. And it is. It's putting the oxygen mask on yourself first where mm-hmm. I had that time in the car to jo- – they were watching probably iPads or I think we had video in the back at the time. Yeah. And Josh and I were able to just be like, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to mm-hmm. do this? I think we made the right choice even though it wasn't – we preach honesty on this podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. But like there is a time and place for where honesty is a little more cruel, I think. Yeah. And so if you are – far enough removed. And obviously this Mm -hmm. is way harder if it's a partner or a spouse. If you're far enough removed that you can take care of yourself and lick your wounds for a day or so, Mm -hmm. we advocate for that because it helps you put vocabulary to the feelings. But if you find yourself at home crying, depressed, not able to get out of bed and whispering a lot with like somebody else in your family, your kids are going to pick up on that. So that's when you need to be upfront and honest with your kids. Yes, I completely Even though like my dad's, even though I knew he was not doing well, I felt more in a state of shock. And so I didn't even cry right away. With my mom, I like panicked and cried nonstop. And it wasn't to say I was any less sad about my dad. I almost felt numb. And I think it was Mm. also, it was my mom's 11 month anniversary. So I'm going through all of that. And it was almost like surreal like, yeah. there's no fucking way that there's, both of my parents are passing. Like, life. This is a no. simulation. <laughs> so I just felt like I was going through the motions of the, the day. And yeah. I took my kids to a park with some friends and let them play. And I just felt numb. And yeah. so I knew, like, right now is not a great time to talk to my kids. Like, clearly I need to figure out what's going on with me. Another point of mine is don't hide your sadness from your kids. Yes, huge. You don't want them to hide when they're upset. Mm-hmm. Like if you tell your kid so-and-so passed, you don't want them to go up in their room and cry alone. You want them to do yeah. that with you in the comfort of your arms. And you need to be that open space for them. And I think especially our generation and before was taught, hide your feelings, especially men, which we've talked about on this podcast before. And that's something we definitely need to change. And so on my hard grief days, I don't hide it from my kids. I tell them and I tell them it's okay to cry. And I invite them to cry if they feel like it. And so there's been many times where we all just cry. And (laughs) that's just how it is. And then there's times where one of us cries and the other one doesn't. And so that's a big thing is like, do not hide your sadness from your kids. There's well, nothing yeah, you're wrong giving with being them, sad. You're almost giving them an emotional vocabulary gift too because like there'll be yes. times now where we've done this so many times that my kids will be like having a weird day and I'll be like, what's mm-hmm. going on with you? And they'll be like, I just really miss Bumpa. And yeah. they'll start crying and I'm like, okay, we've just created like such a clean pathway to you be able right. to like say that, that like you're totally fine with it. And I always right. hug them and say like, I miss him too. I understand. Mm-hmm. Like it hurts yes. and we all have sad days because I've done it so many times where I've snapped at them and been like, I'm sorry. I just, I know I miss Bumpa today. I'm sorry. Yep. In those situations, like I explain, like sometimes my grief and my sadness comes out as anger and yeah. I can't you don't deserve always it control no that. Talk to right. you like that, and I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, I can't always. Another big point is your kid might not know what death is. Even if you've used these terms before, died, yeah. death, anything like that, especially depending on their age. Like my now mm-hmm. four-year-old still, I don't think fully understands the concept of death. She's starting to grasp it. 
My son definitely yeah. does. And I think he grasped it early on, unfortunately, but make sure that they understand and ask them like, what, what does that mean to them? Because there's a yeah. good chance that they think that this person is coming back, unfortunately, because a lot of times, mm-hmm. like you'll hear people at funerals be like, until I see them again, or when I see them again, when I see their smiling face, when they greet me. And these are things that yeah. your kid is going to pick up on. And that might be the adult's coping mechanism. But if you're at a funeral or a memorial, or you have friends coming over to the house and they're saying those things, you don't need to tell them to stop, but you need to make sure your kids fully understand because they might have this concept of death. And then they hear these people saying that and they think somebody's going to come back. And if they That's don't, a one. yeah, you have to unfortunately explain it to them and explain it in terms Forever. of the living body. So they are no longer able to eat. They no longer breathe. Their body is, depends what you want to tell them. We do talk about cremation and burial. Their body is X but it is not a functioning body. It cannot talk. It cannot have feelings. And that's the best way for your kids to grasp it. Like that was one we missed there. too, because we didn't catch. And I think you might remember this. We just, when my dad came home with us as ashes, we just like set him up on this like part of the house that you walk by all the time. And Zach was like starting to get weird about it. And he was like, well, bump, he didn't know it was in there. And we never told him. And he thought like my dad's like, not to be graphic, but I think he thought my, from what he explained to me, he thought my dad's like skinned body was in there. Yeah. And so he was super creeped out by it. And I was like, oh God, like I just Mm -hmm. told him like bump was in that box and he didn't know if I meant his eyeballs and his fingers or his like, oh yeah. Well, he had no idea what that meant. And so I said, and he wasn't quite at the age where I thought he would understand cremation. And so Mm -hmm. we just said like, we had Bumpa's body turned into sand and we can talk about that more later. It's just sand in there here. Do you want to like feel it? Do you want to hold it? Do you want to shake it? And of course, Mikey was like, I want to dig in it. And we were like, (laughs) we don't, we don't dig in it. We don't open it. But It's very important, like you said, to be very clear. And that was a step that I definitely missed. And then that's another point because I kept my mom's ashes out until we, she wanted to be planted as like a tree. And so until we did that and I noticed it affected, not positively, my mood and my Mm -hmm. son's. And I thought it was the honorable thing to do is to have my mom. Yes. In we had her in like this kitchen window that everyone passed and that we did all our homeschool and we ate our meals at. And I thought that was the honorable thing to do. And I finally had a therapist say, lock her in the guest room. Yeah. You need to stop. Like it's impacting all of you. You it guys was, are not yeah, ready for this. And some people might see it as an honor and a beautiful yeah. privilege, but it just wasn't working for us. And so then we always joked like, mom, you're going in the bedroom and so, yeah, Big Steve yeah. lives in Josh's closet next to his like yeah money collection next to his change collection <laughs> for right now until we decide like some parts of Big Steve are in Sturgis. He has a little memorial there, and we're gonna Aww. take him some different places. Oh, I have to share that with you. Did I ever share that video? Oh, you will die. Anyways, uh, but Big Steve lives in a cardboard box in my husband's closet because <laughs> Mama yep. doesn't need to see him all the time. Yes. <laughs> Another tip is so once you kind of discuss what death is. Talk as much or as little as they want. This might be many conversations in little tiny snippets as their brain processes it. So if your kid is this, especially if this is their first experience with death or death of a close person or animal or whatever, they're going to only be able to to retain little snippets and process it. And then they'll probably come to you. And you're probably going to have to repeat the same conversations over and over. They will ask the same questions. They will probably ask you 50 times when they're coming back, when they're going to see them again. Why can't they see them? They will probably ask these and they're hard questions to answer, but their little brains are trying to figure it out. It's um, so hard. Mikey will still say to me like, I'm going to go to heaven for a little bit and see Bumpa. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Stop. You're never, you're not, I don't think, and that's why they talk a lot about like little kids and not understanding like violent video games from reality. Like Mm. we always explain to our kids, like, do you understand if you were to shoot someone, they would be dead and they would never come back and you could never take that back. It's the same thing. I, we say to Mikey, like, you're not able to visit heaven. Mm -hmm. Please don't 
talk about, uh, unfortunately, you cannot visit him until you are right. going to stay there forever. So just know that like, there's no like mm-hmm. hall pass to like right. go see Bumpa in heaven. Cause I just feel like little kids don't yeah. get that at all. And they'll ask you questions that you won't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Do not bullshit them. No. Tell them you don't know yeah. or tell them maybe we could try and figure this out together. The more people we've lost, my kids are confused because one, they think it's like some big party that everyone's having without them. And so they're like, wait, all these people are together, Mm -hmm. but where is their space for this? And two, my son keeps saying, like, we talk about heaven being happy and pain-free and basically you get to live your best life. And he says, well, how can Grammy, my mom, Grandpa Kurt, and all of them live their best life because aren't they sad that they miss me? Yeah. And I'm like, honey, I just, I really don't know. I think maybe time doesn't exist there and they know how wonderful it is that they're just excited for us to come, but that's not something I can answer. And that's something that we'll have to figure out one day for ourselves. And the so questions are hard. hard. Like They're really hard. I mean, I get anxiety because then my kids start talking about themselves dying and me dying and expect that. They will ask, they will talk about it. They will talk about themselves dying Mm -hmm. and it is hard. And so- It's horrible to listen to your kid talk about dying because you have to think about that actually happening and you're just like- When I die, I wonder how I'm going to die. Yeah. (laughs) And then like looking at their sister, I wonder how you'll die. Like- Mom, how do you think you'll die? And it's just like, <gasps> I, gotta I already know how I'm going to die. And I've been talking. I tell Josh this all the time. I will die because whenever I uh, make a peanut butter sandwich, I put the knife all the way in my mouth and pull, suck the peanut butter Oh, off, we do too. I will, I will trip <laughs> one day and that will go through the back of my neck. Yep. So that is already – I've already predicted that is how I die. <laughs> Death by licking so a peanut butter So that's what I tell my kids. I will die by walking around with a full knife in my mouth yep. for sure. Yep. <laughs> That is so funny. So once you talk to them, and we've mentioned some of these, expect them to role play. Mm-hmm. They will role play. If you went to a funeral, there's a good chance they'll role play a funeral. <laughs> yep. They might have a sibling pretending to be the dead person. If there was an open casket, be prepared that they might make caskets and lay in them or have people lay in them. And it's going to seem like, Very what is wrong weird. with my kid? Yeah. Yes. But this is their way of processing it. Expect them to talk about it. When you They're go to the grocery some weird store. shit to some yes. strangers. Guess what? My grandma died and I saw da 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 I've been places and people were talking about parents and Ezra's been like, my mom's parents are dead. And yep. it's like, welcome. Would you like nice to meet Nice to friend? meet you. My name's Jenna. <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry. Yes. I didn't get to be introduced before that graphic explanation. Exactly. <laughs> Expect them to become almost obsessed with it. Almost to where it's like, why do my kids like death so much? If they're not, they're just trying to process it or expect them to act completely normal. Like nothing happened. All of those are within the realm of normal. Uh Yep. I never know. We also talked before we recorded um, some of the weirder um, body reactions is they can regress into Mm -hmm. baby talk and they can regress into bedwetting. So temper tantrums. Yeah, don't be alarmed by um, a major regression similar to bringing a new sibling home. Very normal. But yes, they will act out everything in between because that's how their brains process and prune new information. Mikey, the number of times we've gone somewhere and Mikey's like, my grandpa's dead. Bumpa's mm-hmm. dead. And people are like, who's Bumpa and why are you telling yep. – we'll be like at the dentist and they're like, okay. Because right. Mikey just is like fast and Zach is like – Zach's my one that will come up to me and be crying because he misses mm-hmm. Bumpa where Mikey wants to tell everyone we meet that he's dead. Yeah. And when she says like the regression, it doesn't mean it will necessarily happen once or mm-hmm. at that exact moment. We've had regression only with Ezra because Peyton – well, she wasn't even born for one of them, but yeah. she was so young yeah. – when he's looked through certain like photo albums that my mom made him before she even knew she was going to pass, like she made him albums and I have found those that he was looking through them and he told me he was sad. And then we've had accidents or just little instances or really hard homeschool days because he's very emotional and not crying emotional, but angry. Like we experience. (laughs) Another tip is to read books about it. But I'm going to give a little caution on this one. Yeah. I found that that most of them had metaphors. And my kids are just like, 
what the fuck are hap- is happening? Yeah. I mean, euphemisms and metaphors yes. are America's way of dealing with death. And it's nice for adults because it's mm-hmm. a beautiful message. Like there's this mm-hmm. one about like a string connecting you to heaven. My kids cannot fucking grasp that. They're like, where's the string? Can I pull yeah. the string? Can I bring yeah. this person back? Can I climb the string? It's a beautiful concept. They I also literal. think in the early days, when you're just struggling to stay afloat, they have a place because you're sort of just putting like a, a bookmarker in like, let's mm-hmm. revisit this when I'm a functional human. We did the string one. We did the uh, tadpole. F- what's the water bug one where they like go from the water up above the water. Oh, I haven't seen that butterfly or whatever. Okay. And those at the time when I had no answers and no bandwidth to answer my children were helpful. Mm-hmm. But as you move down the line or you have older children, realize that that is something that you're going to, that's just a placeholder. You're going to have to come back and revisit it. You can't just be like, dude, he's on the other end of the string. You're good to go. See you in five years. Like it's gonna, it just is going to hold your place in time so that you can get your brain around things. And there is one that's pretty good and it's called why, why do things die? And it talks about everything. It's very literal. I will link it. It is the best one I have found so far and it covers so many concepts so the kids can understand about death. And unfortunately, I found it after everything. And so I have it on our shelf and my kids have looked through it, but we haven't sat down and actually like, I haven't read it to them and we've got it in case we need it again. I think that's a really, honestly, it's a progression of like, start with the invisible string and the dragonfly story, put your place card in there and then move along. Cause that invisible string book helped me a lot I think Mm -hmm. I don't think it helped my kids as much but reading it together kind of helped us all come together but you're not going to want to introduce why things die on day two yeah like well and see I couldn't do the yeah I couldn't do the string book because it almost pissed me off because I was like that's not reality there is no string string I don't know where she is that kind of stuff yeah. So I probably wasn't the right person to, to read Jenna it. and I's first disagreement, <laughs> the strain book, love dun, dun. or hate. Next episode, <laughs> digging deeper, love. <laughs> hate. <laughs> so a little bit about funerals as well, because that does go along with death. If you're going to attend a funeral or a memorial with all things, like we've talked about, talk with your kids about what they'll experience. And that includes kind of think about like the senses, like what will you see, Mm -hmm. especially if there's an open casket or if there's an urn, they might not understand what the urn is Yeah. or the words like, like Janelle said, they might not understand what cremation is. And then if you have to go to a burial plot, like they might not understand all of that. And so you're just shuffling these kids around. They're super confused. Mm -hmm. If there's people speaking, kind of explain how that will go. If you're getting up to speak, make sure that that's the best choice and that your kid has someone comforting to sit with. Yeah, that's what we did. We were like, okay, you're going to sit with, I think, Auntie Erin and you're going to sit with Auntie Amy. Like everyone knew where they were going to be and who their like safety person was when mom or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even see my kids during the funeral because so many other people were just tossing them around. Yeah. And then afterwards, a lot of times there's like a receiving line. Let your kids decide if they want to participate in this stuff. My son didn't. My daughter... Well, for my my mom, we didn't do all of that. With my for my dad, we did like a more formal funeral, and my son didn't want to be a part of it. So I sent him off with some family, and mm-hmm. I did the receiving line, just holding my daughter. I didn't want to do it, so I don't blame him. And then, yeah. if you are a if you are able, and if it's something that you're comfortable with, let your child choose if they want to go to the funeral. So when I was younger, we had a girl at our school pass. And my brother was like, hell no, I don't want to go to the funeral. I was, what grade was I in? Second? I was very curious. I wanted to go. So my mom was like, okay, if I can get someone to watch your brother, I need to take you. It was an open casket, which she did not know. So she didn't prepare me for that. And it was a tragic death. And so she didn't look like herself. That really stuck with me. Um, I became obsessed over it. I like drew hearts all over like my yearbook of her and would like search for pictures of her that I had and just, but I remember doing it in my closet hiding. 
And it was just so much curiosity and her favorite color was yellow. So all of a sudden I loved yellow and I wanted to learn more and more about her. And it was because that was my first experience with death. I, until this last year, I still had my grandparents and I still have all but one. Like I did not have that young experience with death. We lost a dog. Mm -hmm. I think that was it. Um, and it was actually probably right around that you time. You don't have any of those young ones. Like I didn't lose yeah. my first grandma until I was like a senior in high school. Right. And it was like, oh, well, she's been yeah. old and sick for a while. And like, right. I mean, I lost my uncle when he was very young, but like I was so young then that it didn't really like mm-hmm. work out. And I lost a cousin and my dad's best friend died and had an open casket funeral. And I mm-hmm. still remember that one because he was in a motorcycle accident and I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's similar. Please mm-hmm. close this. Yes. Yes. I mean, I can still picture it to this day. So, I mean, I didn't even lose. I had a great grandmother that I was really close with. I didn't lose her till college. Like, I don't know what that part of the family drank, but clearly my parents didn't because they didn't get that cool. Oh, Jenna, darkest joke (laughs) ever. Um, But it's it's true. It's like, oh, I think that you can only take so much. And so maybe we got lucky early on and then just got really fucked later. Super fucked later. Yep. Yeah. So tell them about like even the clothes, like why we get dressed up the way we do, why there's flowers, like everything you can think of, every detail. If you're riding in a different car to the funeral home, if you're doing a viewing and talk about there'll be people crying. There's going to be people telling stories. People might be laughing. People might be crying and laughing. Like as much detail as you can give, give it. If you are planning the funeral or memorial, do not hide it from your kids. Or if you have your cousins over or your brother over and you're planning a funeral for somebody in your family, when the kid walks in the room, our instinct is for everyone to pause yeah, and then wait for them to leave. Chances are they're listening. When they enter the room, of course, use kid-appropriate language, but have them involved in it and have them participate or even just be a fly on the wall. They're just curious, and their little minds are going to find ways to cope and ways to find answers. And if you can provide the correct answers or close enough that we know of because – you know, we're no experts. That's the best thing you can do for your kids is embrace that curiosity as uncomfortable as it is. <laughs> and Jenna can speak to this as a first account because she had a lot of things not explained to her. And yeah. we, I think we can all agree it did irreparable yeah. damage. Right. Well, and I think a lot of us just take for granted thinking our kids know what death is. Yeah. And especially like totally. a second grader. Like, and yeah. I, I did. And like, we went to a Christian school and so they told us as a school, they had us all go into the chapel and they told us as a school, they had told the moms or the parents that dropped the kids off at school, hey, this is what happened. We're going to have a meeting in the chapel if you want to stay. And so the moms that could stay actually stayed and they had counselors on hand. And I can remember going into the chapel that morning. I remember walking in and my mom was sitting in the chapel and I was like, oh, it's weird. And then we sat down and the pastor told all of us. And then I remember walking out and I like was smiling and waving at my mom and she's crying. And then I felt ashamed and embarrassed. And then I felt like I had to make myself cry. And it was such a weird feeling. I was so confused. Yeah. And I think I just didn't fully grasp what that meant. Yeah. And I think I was also in shock because you don't expect that as a young kid. And God, no, I don't even know what I would do if they were like, one of your classmates died when I was a kid. I think I would have just had a nervous breakdown. And And I don't think, yeah, you really understand because, I mean, I hadn't dealt with kid death and I think that's a whole other thing. And so, of course, my mom is super sad and I'm just like, why is she not smiling and waving back? And but now know. that we're moms, we can reflect <laughs> on it because you know how you how, can you imagine sitting in your mom's seat and hearing about I know. another kid, your kid? I would oh, just be. Oh my. That hurt my stomach just thinking well, about that. Exactly. See, mm-hmm. now we are the moms, so we get it. But then we mm-hmm. were the kids and we didn't fucking get it. Right. Because you don't and understand she, I mean, that. she also had two kids in the school. So she was thinking about us too and thinking about how upset we were going to be. And how hurt we were going to be. And it's interesting because my brother and I talked about this recently. And he told me he did the same thing like with his yearbook. And he would always look at pictures. And I remember cutting out the article from the newspaper and saving it. And he told me he did the same thing. And I had 
no idea. We never talked about it. It was just like Isn't that weird done. how we are so secretive about death and mm-hmm. like making ourselves palatable to everyone? Yep. Oh. And I think an important part of this is um discussing the afterlife and this is directly from an article mm-hmm. that I'll link. When my dad died, I was religious and so talking about him being in heaven was really easy for me and talking about like, you know, God's plan Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Since that time, I've moved a little bit away from religion. And I think one of the greatest gifts anyone ever gave me was Mikey's preschool teacher at the time because he was three, told him he would like fake that he had to go to the bathroom, even though he was in a diaper because he liked having one-on-one time with, and she's oh, actually yeah. my friend, he liked having one-on-one time with her. And so he was, she was, they were in the bathroom together and he was like, my bump is dead. And she said, well, he is dead. His body is dead, but he lives on in your heart forever. And Mikey tells people still to this day, well, my bump lives in my heart. Aww. Like he lives in my heart, but he's dead. And I, so I said, that was one of the greatest gifts she ever gave me because as I've moved a little bit away from religion, which I may come back, so like mm-hmm. don't come at me. I might, I'll be back someday. <laughs> but it's in this article, it says the idea of an afterlife can be very helpful to a grieving child. If you have religious beliefs about the afterlife, now is the time to share them. But even if you aren't religious, you can still comfort your child with the concept that the person continues to remain in their heart and in their minds. And so like Jenna said, their body's no longer here. They can't eat. They can't drink. They don't sleep in a bed, but their memories are here. And we also tell my kids, like, Bumpa's watching you from heaven, and he's so proud of you, and he probably spends all day watching you just like he's watching his favorite TV shows. And, Aww. like, they take a lot of comfort in that. And that might not be for everyone because a lot of people yeah. believe that once you go to heaven, you don't care about what's going well, on down here. And I was going to give a word of caution. We no, Somebody else told my son that – Grammy and Grandpa Kurt and all these people were watching him. And then he started getting like self-conscious and he was like, can they see me in the shower? Can they see me in the bathroom? Do they, you know, just like. Yeah. yeah. But admit you still think it too. Sometimes when I'm like going to hang out with my husband, wink, wink, I'm like, I hope, (laughs) I hope I was, I hope I'm lying about that. (laughs) I know. Um, God, do you put on like some kind of like. Can you put the curtains down real quick? (laughs) See, we don't even get in. We're old. I'm older, but we're old. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree. And then, of course, I have to touch on the toxic positivity. And that goes for kids as well. If you haven't listened to our toxic positivity episode, listen to it. It's a good Highly one. recommend. Yes. And don't do that with your kids. Don't be like, everything's going to be fine. Now, if they have questions like, will I ever feel happy again? It's okay to tell them yes. And it's okay to tell them it's okay to laugh during this time. It's okay to have like fun with your friends. And it's okay to feel sad and Talk about the range of emotions they'll feel, mm-hmm. but don't be like, oh, soon you'll feel better because some kids might grieve for a really long time. Some mm-hmm. kids might show no difference. And you also have to think about the relationship your kid had with this person. So yeah, my grandfather, of course, he was very special to me. My kids didn't know him very well. We lived in different states and mm-hmm. my kids are young, so there's not a lot of years there. So to them, it was sad, but to me, it hit me different. Because that's my yeah. grandfather. And yeah. that's somebody that I I have his phone number to call him. I can text him or I could text him. To them, it wasn't something that impacted their everyday lives. And so don't get upset with your kids if they show no emotion. And you don't have to force it on them either. And this is another one. Like my dad's dad died six weeks to the day after my dad died. And we didn't – my kids didn't really know him. I was sad because he was my dad's dad and he was my grandpa growing up and I have good memories with him. But like we didn't – I we told the kids that my grandpa died, I think, but it was six Mm -hmm. weeks after my dad died, so who knows. We didn't go to the funeral. We didn't do anything because it was just – there's something called compounding grief. And so when you have like two close deaths together, it compounds the grief experience. And I was like, I can take that on, but I'm not going to put that on them. And so if they – someday they'll ask me like what happened to Grandpa Ted and I'll say – he died six weeks to the day after dad mm-hmm. died and our bumpa died and it was a really sad time, but like you didn't really know him. So I didn't feel like it was a big thing to like put the pressure on you to go back right. to Minnesota and go to this funeral after you'd just been there for mm-hmm. Bumpa's funeral. And like, we just kind of play, downplayed it. And like, yeah. if that's the right move for you at the time, that's mm-hmm. like the right move for you at the time. Don't let people guilt yep. you into feeling like you should be somewhere. Exactly. And there's no, you should. No, should. I handled my parents' deaths differently. It does not mean one was more important than the other. I handled my grandfather's death differently. It does not mean he was less important. It's just 
that's what we needed at the time. And there was guilt because that's my human nature. And I, it's stupid, but I didn't want someone to feel less important. And I'm like, but they're dead. So yeah, they won't feel less important and just no, I know. do what you need to do. You need to do to take care of yourself first. So you're putting mm-hmm. your oxygen mask on first, then do what you can. And another big part of that is um, in this article that I will link is if there are people available to keep up your kid's regular schedule and keep mm-hmm. things on track for them, that's very important for them. So if you can dole out your kids to other people so that you can have like a full like crisis breakdown, that's a great option. We doled out my kids to lots of people to try to just keep play dates going and keep things feeling normal. Yep. But that's not an option for everyone. Or if it's a partner or a spouse, that's not always an option. So take care of yourself first. This sounds like you should drop everything and take care of your kids, but you really mm-hmm. cannot support your kids if you're no. not feeling your own feelings and coming up with words for your own feelings. And it's always okay to like put a placeholder in things and say, I don't know, let's talk about it like in an hour. Can we talk about mm-hmm. it in a couple hours when I have some time to sit down and really yeah. evaluate what you're asking me? Because mm-hmm. giving them just like a flippant, like, yeah, that sucks. I get it. Which we've done before. Right. Like, oh, my yeah, kids will be crying percent. and say like, this is, this is terrible. And I'll be like, yeah, it f- I've said it in public. Like it fucking mm-hmm. sucks that Bump is not here. He should right. be here. It's, it's not fair and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But there's also times when I'm just not emotionally stable enough for that to happen. And I'll have to say like, can you talk to daddy about that? Mm-hmm. Or can you ask so-and-so about that? And just be okay with outsourcing some of the painful oh, conversations. Yeah. And don't expect the painful conversations to necessarily end. My son, Ever. not even that long ago, was asking stuff. And you would think four years later, I'd be mm. able to talk about it. But it's still like, it emotionally drained me. It gave me a stomach ache. It brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And my husband was in the car and he was like, do you want me to answer these? And I was like, no, like I got this. I need to do this. But I was done after that. And there are times where I'm like, can you handle this? I think my husband did tell my kids about my grandfather just because I was like, I can't be the bearer of one more bad news because I had to tell everyone about my mom. Um, I had to tell a lot of people about my dad, majority of people. And then when my grandfather passed, my cousin told me and I had to tell my brother and other family members. And I'm like, I'm fucking done being Mm -hmm. the grim reaper over here. So someone else do this. And that's okay. And dole, out, and dole out things. If you Your primary objective is to take care of yourself and your children. So yeah. don't be afraid to dole out. You need to call and tell so-and-so. I remember mm-hmm. the priest called me and was like, do you have a few minutes to talk about your dad's life? Like the, the man that was going to preside over the funeral. And I was like, no. Nope. And I called my godmother and I was like, I need you to call this priest back and mm-hmm. tell him about my dad because I can't do it. And my kids are here. And like, yes. I'm not going to – I'm not able to – like dole things out as much as you can and understand that like not knowing what you need is totally okay and telling mm-hmm. your kids like yeah I don't feel I don't know why we feel this way either I I don't understand either it's okay yeah. to tell your kids you don't understand the feelings right. and your kids will see like um your family your friends hopefully all come together and if you need more tips on that we do have a what is it like how to support a friend in grief. Which episode. we're going to do a follow-up one because I had um, a friend reach out and give me oh, like did. five new ideas because Ooh, nice. she's supporting someone and they are amazing. So we're going to oh, do good. a follow-up support to maybe a digging deeper after we do this one of um, some new support tips as the world keeps mm. changing. And yes, it's hard with yeah. little kids. But yes, but, our, our episode, what was it called? Do you remember? I think it's like how to support a friend, a grieving friend or digging something deeper, like that. Because I think we did grief and then I, th- yeah. I think we did digging deeper, supporting a friend in grief. Another great book is It's Okay That You're Not Okay, which I'm reading right now by Megan Devine. That's a great support book if you're trying to support nice. someone with kids. Uh, yeah. Because it talks a lot about how to help. <sighs> and then there's one more thing I want to touch on, which we experienced. So when my mom passed, it was completely different, like I said, because I was taking care of her. My son and I were with her all the time. That was our world. My dad passed. It was sad. It was hard. We had to travel to go to the funeral and all of that stuff. But it was a different situation. And so when my mom passed, everyone came here and people stayed with us. We always had someone in our house. 
staying with us. We were always going to my mom's house and going through her stuff and people were there and it was to my son like a party and there's all these people there. Then the memorial happens and then we went to Texas for, um, that's where we're from, a big memorial. We saw family, we saw friends and we come home and my aunt and uncle were still coming in town and going through all my mom's stuff and then everything stopped and everyone disappeared. And my son lost it. And he was so, and it took him a good year and a half to not be emotional anytime someone left because it was all these people. So it's Grammy died and she's never coming back, but wait, there's all these people here and this is kind of fun. And then all of a sudden everything's done, the business of death and everyone is gone. And it was so hard. And I didn't think how that would impact him and it impacted him greatly. And so then anytime someone came to visit my grandma, my brother, friends, I mean, I would have friends leave my house and he would bawl his eyes out for a long time. And it's okay. And it's, it's hard. When I was there, (laughs) he did. And it's hard. And he just could not grasp that. And we did the best we could explaining him. There's a difference in leaving and coming back and death and not. And I think we also had the privilege of seeing my mom until her final days. It wasn't like a sudden quick. And so I thought he would be able to handle it a little better, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's We assume that because it's a slow decline that like they're processing at the same speed we're processing and they are not at all. And my kids still talk about people from my dad's funeral that they only met at my dad's funeral. Like they're their friends. Right. And so – it's very because like they all they when everybody left my dad's funeral they did like a big burnout contest on their motorcycles and my kids will still be like I wonder what Redwood's up to and I'm like what are you are you serious right? like you met him that one time yeah. and it's like they cling on to these like little morsels of memories mm-hmm. from the day and it's gonna come up weirdly and catch you off guard and you just have to be like yeah I wonder I will visit him next yeah. time we're in Minnesota like cool. Just, Throw it in the cake yep. like it's totally normal and keep yep. moving on with your day because if you are like, what are you talking about? Why are you asking about Redwood? Oh my, like never like yep. grief shame them. We're not body no. shaming. We're not grief shaming. And that's something I wanted to touch on at the end was an article I was reading and I don't know which one it was, but it was talking about how PTSD is post-traumatic stress syndrome. So it's an interesting um, analysis of, so the trauma happens and PTSD comes from how the aftermath of the trauma is dealt with. So even if you fucked this up really bad and Uh someone passed away and you just were in survival mode and you fucked everything up and you were just like, I don't Mm -hmm. fucking know. He's in that Build-A-Bear over there. And it'll be like, you can still go back and mend a lot of the trauma Mm -hmm. that you may have feel that you put on your kids, but also kids are fairly resilient. So -hmm. you probably didn't fuck them up as much as you think you did. But there are things that like I want to – work harder on. For example, when Zach, whenever Zach says, I miss Bumpa, I'm really sad, I say, I miss him too. And I think after reading more about this, I'm taking a little bit away from him by making it about me too. When I could be saying, what do you specifically miss about him? Or mm-hmm. yeah, what have you been thinking about him? And I, I never ask him more questions. I just say like, yeah, me too. And I think that's yeah. like kind of snuffing him out a little bit. So I, after reading some of these articles, I'm going to work harder at delving into when he brings that up like yeah. well, what do you what what are you feeling how does it feel inside of your body instead of just being like yeah me too it sucks mm-hmm. yeah and that's a good point and you know kids are resilient however grief trauma all of that is going to impact them it's not necessarily going to always be a positive impact but it's going to impact yeah. them in some way and i think you have to remember that they're not going to be the same after it and it's nothing just that like you us, did yeah. and parents caregivers, grandparents, you're going to feel like you never did enough in terms of grief. No matter if you took every tip we said and read every single article and every book and did it to the T and your kid reacted how they you thought they would, you're still going to lay in bed at night and your stomach is going to hurt and you're going to be anxious and you're going to think, did I do it right? And the answer is yes, you did it. So you did it right. That's you did all it you to can, the best of yep. your ability at that point, so you did yes. it right. And, and that's the same I with think, my parents. They, yeah. I said I wanted to go to the funeral. My brother said he didn't. They didn't force one or the other. They let us do, and that's the best that they knew. They and your never mom thought they'd have to deal back. with a kid death. Yeah. Like, 
your mom probably thinks back to it like, oh my God, I shouldn't have brought her. It was an open casket. That was traumatic. Like your mom probably thought that right. was a mistake, but she did the best, the next best yes. right thing that she could and think I was of at the time. So curious. Like they didn't have yeah. Google then, but I was going to find answers one way or the other. I mm-hmm. was going to learn about death because I was interested in this event because it impacted my life. And so me going to the funeral was probably actually the best answer. Of course, I wish they didn't have an open casket, but (laughs) I think every parent there- If that's what you want, that's what you want. And do what you I can still remember. So I had, one of my best friends was a boy and our moms took us together and we were neighbors. So we all went together and I can remember their faces when they walked in and saw the open casket. And it's like, what do you do as a parent? Like, you I don't know. Just be like, JK, we messed up. Yeah. Everybody this is a run out. plus event. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And majority of the funerals I've been to are open caskets. And my mom asked me if I wanted to go up there. And of course, I'm like, yep, you betcha. Yeah. I think only my dad's wasn't. And then my mom, we didn't do a funeral. We just did a memorial because yeah. she just wanted a party. Um, yeah, that's what my, my dad's was too. We hope this helps you. If you have tips, reach out. If you need help in a situation, reach out. We got you covered as much mm-hmm. as we can. We'll help as you much as we it. can. We have all the books. But again, your next best right thing is your next best right thing. And you can always mm-hmm. go back and correct later. And you can always put a bookmark or put a pin in a conversation until you have better bandwidth. Because that's yes. probably the most common mistake that I experienced was answer me feeling the urgency to answer mm. in the moment without the proper vocabulary or the proper like headspace and I wish right. I had put pauses on things more or yes. delegated to other people more and said yeah. like but make sure you dad. do go back to it of course because do go back but you, you also don't have to answer every single question on the spot like pause the treadmill get off get down to your hands <laughs> and like there's time to work through it and there's time to give yourself a minute to collect your thoughts before you answer mm-hmm. and we talked mostly about people dying, but this goes for animals as well. That can be just as traumatic for kids. Yeah. So with that, call your therapist. And take your meds.